This is the Reluctant Leader Podcast. The podcast designed to help you step out of the shadows and become an inspirational leader. I'm your host, Mark Terrell, and each episode I will be getting to grips with a leadership topic by interviewing an expert in their field. I'll be picking their brains for those golden nuggets that will help you be the best you can be. Make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing at thereluctantleader.co.uk and please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. So let's get on with the show. Today I'm talking to Steve Jones, who is a well-known business coach, public speaker, trainer and consultant. Steve is an expert in creating ideas and strategies that build businesses, drive revenue and improve business position and performance. He has a passion for making companies and their products the best in their product category. Steve's unique understanding of leadership and management, team building and motivation in business, coupled with his understanding, drive and enthusiasm, clearly set him aside as an expert in his field. Looking forward to speaking to Steve today. Hope you get lots of value from it and I will catch you all on the other side. So welcome, Steve, to the Reluctant Leader podcast. Thanks, Mark. It's a great pleasure to uh, connect with you and do this podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Um, um, I'm sure there'll be loads of value for our listeners. Uh, but before we get into the topic, uh, which is engagement today, um, what I'd like to know, and I'm sure everybody else is uh, interested, is to, to know why you do what you do and uh, what was the pivotal moment that started you doing what you do. Okay, well, let me tell you my story. That'd be easy. So my background was health and fitness management. So I was with Fitness First PLC when we had one club on the south coast. I left when we were the largest in the world. We did it in seven years. So I went through the AIM, the full listing. Became the largest independent health club chain in the world. And then uh, we were opening a club a week at 1.2 worldwide. So it was fantastic, fast growth, very, very exciting, very entrepreneurial. Uh, but when the city got hold of it, um, it started to lose its magic for me. And when it became more about the shareholder than it did about uh, the punter coming in and the dynamic of health and fitness, I got a bit disillusioned and I left. <clears throat> so I didn't do anything for six months. I walked up and down the beach, a bit like a hobo, wondering what I'd do next with my Jack Russell. And then I thought, well, I could probably help a few companies grow. So I started to help companies with their growth issues. And uh, that had a bit of success. And then Sherlaws, an international coaching organisation, came to the UK, coming to the UK from Australia, decided they'd like, like me to engage with them. So I went to see what they were doing, and it was fantastic because all their tools, methodologies, techniques mapped perfectly with the Fitness First journey. So I had the experience plus the toolkit. And I worked with my clients with them for three years, but something was missing for me. And the bit that was missing for me, I noticed, was I was dealing with lots of fast growth businesses, but they couldn't grow that rapidly because they either couldn't keep their talent or they couldn't attract talent. So it became a sort of pinch point in their business. So I started to look at the leadership issues, the motivational issues, the engagement issues of how you can take a company and keep your talent and grow and attract talent, become an employer choice. <clears throat> at the same time I was doing that, um, the government task force team were looking at employee engagement in the UK because it was so poor. Only one in three people in the workplace were engaged, so two-thirds of the population disengaged. If we were all motivated, we were all doing a four-day working week, and we were ranked 14th in Europe behind some third-world countries. So I, I sort of looked at this and thought, crikey, okay. So I got invited onto the task force team, 
And it really went from there because I started to look at what the research they'd found and I built courses and I went to my local accountant and said, look, can I play with this stuff with your business? And they said, yeah, sure. And a year later, they started winning awards and then they recommended me to their top client, Ace Technologies. I went in and did a year long program with them and they started winning awards. So I kind of knew I had a program that worked. So I kind of fell into the engagement space because of what I was seeing more than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that's quite that's an impressive story obviously um you've gone down a a path um you probably didn't quite know where you were going but uh, sometimes you just have to take the next step uh uh, and see where it takes you well it was interesting mark because you know we're both motivational maths practitioners Mm -hmm. i realized that i didn't fit in the fitness first journey going forwards because Mm -hmm. it became too much of a corporate animal and it was more about this uh, the politics rather than the work. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. You kind of for, you, you, you then have to make decisions. You're forced yeah. into making decisions, really. So, yes. um, yeah. and I kind of knew that I wanted to do something about giving back. And I think coaching is a great way of doing that. Yeah. And that's, um, that making a difference um, drive is so important, isn't it? Um, yeah. That, so it's, um, it's so prevalent these days as well. People want to make a difference, and if they don't feel they are making a difference, then you know they're looking elsewhere to see whether where, where they can. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that you know it comes back to the, you know, the Simon Sinek why stuff. You know, if you yeah. know why, you, and I know you're big yeah. on that. So yeah, why yeah. do you do? Why do you do what you do? If you know why you do what you do, I kind of worked out early on in my career that actually I'd spend most of my life sleeping, the rest of it working, and have some yeah. social time. So yes. whatever I did in that piece about work had to be of value. And if I didn't enjoy it, don't moan, move on. Yeah, 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 and I've only just read something today. Actually, it's funny how things pop out, um, and, and you think, "Wow, that's quite a statistic." And that's nine out of ten people go to work um, and not really bothering what they do uh, as long as they get paid, um, yeah. which is which yeah. is a stat, um, sad statistic. But we know that's sort of changing because we know that a lot of people will will um, move away from um, a job if they don't feel as if you know it's fulfilling. Uh, and that's that's the challenge going forward, isn't it? It's making sure yeah. that we keep keep those p- good people on board. Well, I think that is the challenge with the millennials coming into yeah. the workplace now. They they want a purpose, and yeah. if they can't, and they've got no loyalty, so they'll go where they where they wanted. Basically, that's right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it is, it is changing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're going to be talking about engagement today, and I think the first question would be the obvious question to me is, um, what is engagement? Yeah, it's a good question because um, I heard someone say, well, you'll know it when you see it. <laughs> it's yeah. quite true, actually. When you yes. walk into an organization, you can you can feel it and sense it when it's right, and you can definitely feel and sense it when it's wrong. Yeah. So so what is it? So mm-hmm. um, I think that's what the Engage for Success um, movement was all about, working out, well, what is it? Mm-hmm. And it's, for me, it's about, you know, you have to have a story. You have to have a story that people, you know, most people buy an emotion. So if you're joining an organization, it's not about what you do. It's, how, it's about why you do what you do mm-hmm. and, pe- and getting enough people to believe in you as an organization and join you for those reasons. So having your story about where you've come from, where you are, where you're going is critical, I think. Um, and communicating that fully so people could buy into a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Napoleon who said, you can, I can't get anybody to die for money, but I can get them to die for a medal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and um, what I've, what I've learned by these podcasts so far is that um, people will um, 
buy into a concept or a story uh, that that fires them up and 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 you know it, yeah. it just by giving them money is not generally enough these days it's got to be something that is more than that it's got to be a, a, you know there's something more than just money at the end of the day uh, that's yeah. what keeps them in, engaged yeah money short term um mm-hmm. they, they need a cause a purpose a reason you know mm-hmm. and then you and then you'll get the best out of people yeah yeah so um so um as um as I've put in the, the the notes for the podcast, um, you've written a book recently, which I've just finished reading, which is which is fabulous, especially as um, it's based um, around motivational maps. Uh, as you mentioned, we're both using that product. Yeah. Um, so, what what was the inspiration for that book? Um, basically, uh, I wrote co-wrote it with James Sale. It's called mm-hmm. Mapping Motivation for Engagement, and the inspiration around it was I had a couple, I had some success with a couple of clients. I mean, we turned Inspire Professional Services on their head because they were they, the owner was ten years into his business. He had left a, a top four um, accountancy firm, and he was about to and he to to be to work with entrepreneurs to make them great and uh 10 years in he started to look at his business and it started to look like the company he'd left mm-hmm. which um did not motivate him at all so we went i went in really with the program to say right okay let's get back to your essence about what you believe uh, and that kind of sparked it really um getting them back to their why which was to help entrepreneurs grow mm-hmm. and <clears throat> based on that um, we did a program with their senior management team, which eventually led them to winning lots of awards and reshaping their whole business and getting mm. back to loving their clients and working hard for their clients. It, there was a casualty because one of the directors left as a result of it, but that was the right thing. Yeah. Um, so I can't remember the original question, Mark. Sorry. Well, but it, it was the inspiration of the book, really. What you, what you. Actually, yeah. You know. So, so, so I did a couple of these, and then I realised mm. actually. And then James was looking, he's obviously been commissioned to write seven books. This is one of them. Yeah. Uh, so he approached me and said, look, you know, I've seen the work you're doing. Um, and Motivational Maps was instrumental in it, which the book has yeah. uh, talked about a lot. So it, it just, again, it just came along and it was the right thing at the right time, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I meant to just finish reading it. The, the, the strong bits about the book is, um, those, the, particularly those case studies, which are at the back of the book, um, yeah. that really emphasise the importance of engagement and using the right tools and bringing everybody on board with the vision of the business. And we'll talk a bit more about the vision uh, in a bit. Yeah. Um, okay. And also the activities within the book. There's loads of ways that you can use to, to bring the, the book alive. It's not just um, a book that you just put on the shelf it's something that you can actually pick up and say right well pick pick something out of the book and and use one of the activities which is that you know they're all really really useful yeah i mean we all need a toolkit if you're going you and i go into businesses we need a toolkit and we need something that works with clients otherwise we're going to get thrown out and not get paid so um i worked very hard to find things that actually were relevant and would shift the business in the right direction. So the tools in the book, I mean, they're not all mine. Some of them are James's, but a lot, of, you know, so it's a combination of our thinking around it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they, they work and they do get people to think differently. And, and we had to, especially in the second business I went into, which was a second generation business where you had old school and new school. So um <laughs> Uh, it was very, very tough because we had a board and a senior management team um, of a mixture of the new, new and the old, and we had to get everybody harmonised. 
you know, because if you're going to do an employee engagement strategy in an organization, it can't be another HR initiative, otherwise it will fail. Mm. It's got to be part of the overall strategy and everybody's got to be on board. So we had a few battles in the early days to get people to understand the value of doing it. Yeah, yeah. Coming from a family business background, um, that um, definitely resonates for me when going to the next generation <laughs> from the business that my dad started, you know, um, from transformation from one to the other is, is, is a challenge. In, in all businesses, yeah. you know, as, as the you know, new people come in. Yeah, so it depends on how good those new people are, isn't it, sometimes? Sometimes they'll excel the business and sometimes they won't. So Yes, um, yeah. absolutely. Um, yes. So um, so moving on from the book then, um, if we delve a bit more deeply into what engagement is, um, what do you think are the, the, the main barriers um, for um, engagement within the, within, uh, the workplace? Well, I've developed a bit of a tool. I think we spoke about it briefly before we came on air um, mm. to, look, to look at engagement. And I think there's eight, eight things you need to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, and just score yourself, you know, one to, uh, zero to ten. Ten is, yes, I've got it, and zero, I haven't. It'll kind of give you a sense of where you are. Yeah. So the, the first one is, do you, have a, do, do you have a story? Now, it doesn't mean to say that that story is communicated, but do you have a story? Do you have a story about where you've been, where you are? where you're going is there is that does that story exist Mm. and if it does dig it out second thing is um do you have a clear vision do you know where you're going to be in the next three years have you planned it have you strategized it now if you just take the story and the vision uh, and score those two um then the next question is the killer question is that totally communicated throughout your whole organization is it on your website do your staff know it is it in your induction program would the cleaner know what it was mm. would they know your story would they know your vision because typically yes. and it stops if it exists at all it stops with the senior management team yes. and they, there's, an, there's an assumption it happens in the business uh, and also mm. with the story you may have a fantastic story but you get so busy you forget to tell it and people coming in don't know it so um, really make sure that story is told and then you go into the engaging manager space and you need managers that don't just have a managerial title that they actually engage with the managers with the with the with the people the staff so do they coach motivate and stretch people on a day-to-day basis or do they just have a title okay and one of the challenges there is not seeing this as additional duties to your current role it is your role basically Mm. You are there to it's lead like a, and manage. It's like a culture, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then you move into the employee engagement, employee voice space, and you know Richard Branson would say he employs people so they can tell him what to do, not the other way around. Yeah. So do you, do you have that listening culture? Do you get people involved early in decision-making? Do you listen to them? Do you get their ideas? Yeah. Or do you have this learned helplessness where people have given up actually giving ideas because no one's taken any notice? Yeah. The next question would be do you have a set of values uh, doesn't matter whether they're communicated but do you have a set of values and if those values exist are they lived and breathed evidenced are there evidence is there evidence around it and are they communicated so um, are there consequences to to uh, to not doing them and rewards for doing them mm-hmm. um, if you get all those eight things right um, you're going to have an engaged workforce and the flip side of that is millennials or people coming into your work will look for that. They'll look for a company that has a story, that has a vision, that communicates it, that has engaging managers, that coaches and motivates and stretches staff, that listens to them, that has a set of values that they live and breathe. So they're going to look for those things. And if they don't find it in the organization, they're going to be selective about where they go. And they won't be working for you. And that's why companies can't actually attract talent and grow. Right. 
So that's my take on it. That's a pretty comprehensive list of, um, of things that people need to do then. Um, yeah. You know, it, and it all absolutely makes sense. Um, so, so these are, when we say barriers, these are, these are the typical things that uh, business owners uh, and leadership teams get wrong. Yeah, they, they don't win. I've done this enough times. I've got a wheel, so I've got a wheel mm. so people score it. Yeah. And then when we join the dots up on the wheel, that's their engagement wheel going down the road. And they get quite a shock when they realise how, how actually out of shape that wheel is. Yes. Um, and then we go, well, it doesn't matter what shape it is. It says you've got to get it back to actually being fully inflated and right. So yeah. um, there's work to be done. And usually, you'll know this, it falls down on two areas key. Um, they don't tell their story. They mm-hmm. don't communicate. Their, they don't have a vision. They don't communicate it. And it's the leadership. Nine times out of ten, it's the leadership that fails. Uh, if you get the leadership right, you're going to get the listening right. And if you get the leadership right, you're probably going to get the story right. So they have a yeah. knock-on effect. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I mean, it, it seems um, to all make sense. What, which ones out of those? I mean, you've mentioned it actually. The story and the the, the leadership are the ones typically that yeah. you, you go in and you find are where you need to start work. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, the, it's basically yeah. basically like you know polishing a diamond. You know, it's all it does exist in the business. You just got to actually get it to the surface. Yeah. Uh, as far as the story is going and the vision. Um, and start to sort of really get some interest and some energy around your story because every every SME, I, I don't know, you'll be the same, Mark. You'll go into mm. SMEs. They've got fantastic stories, mm. but they talk about their products. They don't talk about their journey and their yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah talk uh, about your story. And that, and that is um, where we talk about the why, uh, and that's yes. the important thing, yeah. and that's what people connect to, them. employees connect to it, customers connect to it why they buy from them all those things it's such an important part and you know it's it's so easy just to forget it as if it's it doesn't matter but it's actually one of the most important things about a business and why it exists yeah well people focus too much on the the money the outcome um unfortunately but i heard someone told me years ago uh, if you want to earn more money tell a better story and, and it's so true. You tell a better. I could have said I used to work for Fitness First, but my story is fastest ever growth business in the UK. Mm. Over seven years, part of the management team, blah, blah, blah. So you, yeah. I've got a story, and the story actually gets people to buy into you on a credible basis, and also they're interested. Yeah. It, yeah. it shows why you got to where you are. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, um, so... Um, just delving a bit more into the book, uh, um, and this is something that I hadn't really come across before, and, and that was the, the McLeod report. And um, within that report, uh, it, it mentions four things, which obviously which are in line with what you just mentioned. Actually, the four things yeah. that um, uh, um, what what is the, well, you tell me. You probably know more about it than me. Well, the four things are you have to have a strategic narrative. So that's that is the story. That mm-hmm. is the vision. And that has to be communicated throughout the whole organization. Yeah. The, enga- the engaging managers is the second one. So managers mm-hmm. that actually engage staff, coach, manage, stretch staff on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And then the employee voice was the listening thing I was talking about. And the fourth was one was integrity, where you have a set of values, but you don't have a say do. It's actually you live and breathe those values. So those are, you know, there's only four things in organizations that get it right. Mm. Uh, so it's not difficult to, to address this issue. It's just actually giving it the time it deserves. Yeah, absolutely. And um, 
and we've already mentioned them. Um, so where does where do motivational maps fit in with this? How 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 can they be used um, with uh, with all these uh, things that we've talked about? Well, I think they underpin a lot of it because um, people will join because of their why. Their why is their motivational maps why and the mm-hmm. business's why. So sometimes your why and the business why has to align. So that's why it's important to have a story because uh, people will join an organization because of what they believe. Um, and if they understand their motivations as well, they'll join. So in recruitment, it's important. Um Actually, managers, a lot of managers spend loads of time trying to guess how to motivate staff and get it wrong mm. nine times out of ten. No matter how well you know someone, you may not know what motivates them. And motivation is quite dynamic and changeable as well, as you know. Yeah, so yeah. what motivated someone yesterday won't be the same the next day necessarily. Mm. So giving managers the tools um, to actually be able to understand what motivates and drives people enables them to press the right buttons and reward them. So it affects engaging managers. If you think about um, the listening, uh, the employee voice as well, if you are smart with motivational maps, then you'll get employees to start to communicate with to you about their needs yeah. and their wants. And if they do that, then they're more likely going to communicate, communicate about how they can help the business. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and then it would link to values because if your values is to add is to add value and one of the values is to respect people then you can mm-hmm. kind of see that they it dovetails into all four of these areas yeah 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 it, it, i mean it's it's um it's so interesting once you start delving into this stuff. And I mean, I, I've like, uh, been using motivation maps for some time. It's not until you sort of read these books that delve into subjects in such detail, you suddenly realize that the, the expanse of how you can help lots of different people with um, in, on an individual basis, on a team basis, and also organizational basis. It makes, you, can, you know, uh, as, as it grows through the business, it can uh, have a, uh, a, an enormous effect. Um, yeah, it's, it's massively impacts your energy because okay. it's, it's the re- realization and understanding of someone's motivations, team motivations, and business motivation yeah. that kind of releases the energy. And also, you know, there could be things you're not doing because you're not motivated by them that actually the business needs to do. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, quite often you'll come across this. I do. Star is very low in someone's process. So yes. shouting about yourself, uh, bigging yourself up is not a UK thing. It's not a British thing. But actually, yeah. sometimes that's exactly what a company needs to do. It needs to go in for awards. It needs to get itself above the carpet and get noticed. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Do, so doing something that you don't enjoy because it's your lowest motivation can be a biggest impact on your business. Yes, yes, yes. And is there any other particular, you know, specific motivation? motivations that you see are typically lacking within organizations well your friend is usually quite low mm-hmm. um uh, star and friend i find are quite low mm-hmm. um so usually you've got to be aware that actually there you need to build relationships with your staff and the energetic shifts actually if you look at organizations there's three there's three types of energies going on there's the mm-hmm. the fast paced energy with futuristic which is leadership Mm. So this is where we're going. Then you've got the managers that are stuck in the middle who have to take the crazy ideas of all these leaders and make them work on a day-to-day <laughs> basis. So that's calculated risk. And then you've got the employees. That actually, we don't want to move forward. We're happy with things as they are. and They're mm. past-orientated. So you've got these different energies running through your business. Yeah. So you can quite quickly see that a leadership team that's a bit too gung-ho is going to actually isolate the uh, 
the staff because they like things as they are. They don't like a lot of change. So they're not involving them early enough. They're, there's a disconnect on engagement in the business straight away before the change occurs. Yeah. Yeah. So it's understanding. So the analogy I use for that, when I was at Fitness First, when we used to make massive changes to changing rooms and God knows what else, when we had a lot of building works, we could just start it. And call, and that causes loads of mayhem. Or we could go right. This is what we're trying. This is what we're looking to do. This is the disruption it's going to cause. This is what it looked like afterwards. We're just letting you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that is that's so important. I mean, back in the day when I was in my retail business, you know, we had numerous um, refits of our stores, uh, and, and the important bit was about you know letting everyone know customers yeah. and staff know why you're doing it because yeah. they know why you're doing it because at the end it's going to be better. And why it's going to be better, and in what way yeah. it's going to be better, then they're going to be far more accepting that when there is yeah. the turmoil, when it's going on, they'll say, Well, I know it's bad at the moment, but I'm going to stick with it because I know what it's going to be like in the future. Yeah, and, and that's exactly right. And that's what happens. That's what you should do in business. You know, if, if we're yeah. going to have a bumpy ride, if, we, if we're going to survive, we need to do X, Y, Z. It's not going to be comfortable. There's going to be lots of changes, but actually, it's to secure your jobs going forward. Yeah. yeah. Um, all of a sudden, all the defender profiles who don't like a lot of change relax. Mm. You know, okay, yeah. I'm involved. I know what's going on. There's no surprises for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that invariably doesn't happen because change happens so fast and so quick that there's no consideration for the workforce a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the other thing that I think uh, maps bring into the, the scenario is that we're able to measure and put a number on um, motivation, which is uh, yeah. until now been uh, you haven't been able to do. We can measure, you know, profitability and all the other things within a business. But, yeah. you know, how do you measure the energy the motivation or, or the energy within yeah. the business and if you can yeah. you know map it before map it afterwards then you actually can get a measure of where it's going and and, and whether what you're doing is actually helping the business yeah you get the metrics on it and also i've mm. seen um i've seen staff not leave a company when mm. they were going to leave as well where they've saved people uh key people simply by a and recognizing their motivations and adip- adopting a different strategy. And it could yeah. be, I had a situation where someone moved from an open plan office to um, they put them in their own office because they thought they deserved it. And actually that was the worst thing they could have done because they had friend profile right. and they wanted to yeah. be in the community of people. And that's where they got their energy and their ideas for the marketing. So um, yeah. this map identified it and stopped them doing actually a strategy that would have made that person leave. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You know, um, and that's, Sorry, yeah, no, no, that's no. absolutely right, and and you can get all these stories, and and you know what, um, I've just um, my my uh, elder brother, which I I spent a lot of time working with in, in, in over the years, we don't now, but he's only just done a motivational map, and now I suddenly see why uh, <laughs> we generally got on well most of the time, but yeah, I know when we we didn't, and, and now I know why because you know yeah. he, you know my builder's um, low, uh, it always has been, I think. Um, and yeah. his is, is still up there and it's not about money for money's sake he's just that what drives them he's very competitive and uh, and yeah. i'm not that way inclined and you know my my searcher and his basically are at conflict all the time yeah yeah we had this information 10 years ago it would have been you know completely different i'm sure well, I see that. Yeah, you, well, you see that in teams as well. Look at teams with builder low and search a high. You, you mm. say you're giving too much away for nothing, and they yeah, go, yeah. Yeah, we, "We do yes. tend to do that." They're like, well, that's why. Yeah. Uh, so start yeah. putting a value on what you do. You yeah, know? and I, I I see that a lot in business owners I work with that are you know yeah. searcher driven and builder low, so that yeah, like you say, they're undervaluing what they're doing all the time. Yeah, not charging for their you know giving too much away, and then they wonder why um, they're stressed. 
because yeah. they, you know, their business isn't where it should be financially. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah it does happen. Um, but it just really helps, I think, because also you, you made a very valid point just a minute ago. It actually depersonalizes it. It's not me guessing what Mark's motivations is. Actually, mm. it's you telling me, uh, right now I know that, um, and it's constructive. We can deal with it. That's right. Yeah. 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 And, and, so, and I think it's not about changing anybody. It's actually accepting that's the situation and, and making the best of it. Yeah. Well, there's, there's an expression that you can't motivate someone. You can only create the, you can only create the environment for them to be motivated. You know, yes. and that's a subtle difference. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. you can only find out and then ask them, okay, that's your motivation. How are you going to get that fed in this business? Yeah. What do we, yeah. what do we need to do to make sure that that motivation thrives? Yeah. 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 Um, so it's a bit of reverse psychology. I'll be honest yeah. With yeah. So what we've talked about here is there's obviously a, a strong link between motivation and engagement. Um, yeah. and, um, and we could talk about this all day cause that, we're that sort of people, but I'm sure that people listening <laughs> uh, will think, well, these they're going to go on all day about motivation, but actually, um, you know, engagement is important. So just to wrap things up, um, uh, Steve, um, what I'd like from you is, is maybe three tips from, from you uh, for someone that's um, you know, a reluctant leader, someone maybe that's been in, um, is in a position of uh, leadership or think about taking that position. How can they um, use the information that we've just been talking about uh, in their role? Well, the first thing, if you're a leader, stay true to yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Don't be bullied into doing things you don't want to do. Uh, you know, there's an expression, I think, it, and I think someone said, don't try to fit in. I think it was Andy Harrington said, don't try to fit in. You were born to stand out. Yeah, yeah. So as a leader, you stand out. You are the you're the person, the leading light for the team. So you've got to get them to follow you. So you've got to work hard to mm-hmm. make sure that they can follow you and that they believe in you. Mm-hmm. So that's tip number one. Tip number two would be, um, interesting, what tip number two would be, um, yeah, don't believe everything everybody tells you evaluate it for yourself you know i remember right. when i started out coaching i i took some people literally because they were the gurus i'm i suppose we're in that situation now. <laughs> but don't listen to everything we say make your own mind up on stuff yeah yeah um a third tip would be um whatever you do enjoy it and if you don't do something else and that's that's a great way to wrap things up because at the end of the day, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then then why continue doing it? Look for something that is going to sort of fire you up, energize yeah. you, and motivate you. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. Uh, thank you, Steve. This has been really interesting. Um, I'm sure we'll talk again at some point, uh, a bit more detail about uh, some other um, leadership things that would help um, the uh, the listeners. Um, yeah. So for now, it's uh, thank you very much. Yeah, it's been a privilege, Mark. Thank you for listening today. As action leads to outcomes, make sure you make a note to start, stop or continue doing whatever struck a chord in this episode. Don't forget to subscribe at thereluctantleader.co.uk where you'll find links to all the past episodes, blogs, blogs and how you can get in touch with me. Until next time, bye for now.